Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome back to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast. Appreciate you guys joining us. And uh, we're here recording. We're actually, I'm here. Vicky's there. Mm-hmm. Well, from her perspective, I'm there and she's here. I'm here. You're there. Yeah. I was um, here first. Re- yeah. Yes. Yes, you were. <laughs> um, recording remotely. And so, as in the past couple of episodes, we've kind of given you guys the disclaimer if you hear some weird, wonky things going on, we're doing the best we can to record. In good quality, but there can be some things that happen from, I mean, all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast through the wires and all that stuff. You know, demons like to get in there and stir up trouble and and things get cut out and, you know, all of that. So we're doing the best we can to give you guys the highest quality quality listening experience that we can. But um, the most important thing is that we speak the truth. And so we're going to be coming as always, from a biblical perspective, and uh, speaking from experiences on the sidewalk, stuff that we have uh, encountered ourselves, and just want to equip you guys. And so, as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, we're uh, we're, we're speaking from our experiences or questions that other people have asked us, things that just kind of pop up in conversations. Hey, this would be a good podcast to cover. And this is this is in that same vein. And so we're, what are we going to be talking about today, Vicki? Well, we hear this all the time um, from pro-abortion people, from the moms, from support people. They'll say, why are you making them feel bad? Yeah. Don't you see you're making them cry? And they tell us that therefore we should be quiet because we're causing grief. Yeah. That we're causing guilt, shame, whatever. So... Uh, we thought it would be a really good idea to to talk through that because it's easy for us to fall prey to what we're accused of yeah. and to believe it. And I think it's really important, as always, to go to the Bible. The Bible is such a great guide, in, and it has a lot to say about what, what our speech should be, yeah. what it what it should convey, and even how we should speak. Yeah. So that's what we did with this this podcast. The kind of the working title is how we're how should we respond to women who say they are making us feel bad? Yeah. And so we've we've examined that from a biblical standpoint. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly we we hear a lot of things, a lot of objections to our presence out there on the sidewalk. One of them is, of course, you're you're making them feel bad. You mm-hmm. a lot of times it's a dad who will come out and say, you're making my girlfriend feel bad. I mean, I've even been threatened that, you know, if you don't stop talking to, to my girlfriend or my wife, then I'm going to punch your lights out because you're making right. her feel bad. There's a lot of other things that we hear that, you know, you're judging. Why are you judging? Um, yeah. Why are you guys out here trying to make yourselves look righteous? You know, it's mm-hmm. like you get all these accusations. And so mm-hmm. just, of course, guys, be prepared that people are going to accuse you of all kinds of things. And know ultimately what the source is. The source is the flesh, 
and the devil, right? It's the devil trying yeah. to discourage you. It's people in their flesh trying to defend themselves and uh, trying to make really an apologetic for why you shouldn't be out there, but it's okay for them to be there to kill their child. And right. so we, we can't let these things shake us, but we do need to consider what people are saying and mm-hmm. because we want to reach them. We don't want to just say, well, your, your concern doesn't matter and just ignore them when they say you're making me feel bad. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's good ways to respond, healthy ways to respond. I think one of the things that we've always said all along is that we want to identify with people's pain. We want to have compassion. You know, we want to suffer with them. And if they feel bad, we know it's because their conscience is what's bothering them. Ultimately, they feel bad because they know what they're doing is wrong. But there's a way for us to identify with their pain and to kind of enter into their struggle with them without just saying, well, you know, because you can respond. You're feeling bad because what you're doing is wrong. I think that could be Which an appropriate Which I have said. Way. It may not be the most helpful, but I have yeah. said that before. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think, again, like we've said oftentimes, your tone can, can mean a lot. You can say mm-hmm. that. And I think that it's appropriate to say that, mm-hmm. um, but kind of an accusatory tone is not going to be helpful. You know, you feel mm-hmm. bad uh, because you should feel bad because you're about to kill your baby. Yeah. You can say that more calmly. It's like you could ask the question. So well, why do you think what I'm saying makes you feel bad? Is it because mm-hmm. what I'm saying bothers your conscience? Mm-hmm. Is it is it possible? This is the question I would ask. Is it possible that you feel bad? Because you know God would never want you to do what you're about to do. Is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess the the very first thought when we're encountering anyone questioning uh, how we're speaking to them is, well, what what is the overarching biblical principle of our speech? What what should our speech be? And I I did research that, you know, from a biblical standpoint. And yeah. I would say if I had to choose one word. For our speech, it should be edifying. Yeah, it it should be edifying, and and so I did a, a word search then of of verses in the Bible, of which there's zillions that talk about edifying, or the word edify or edifying are are in those verses, and we we go through some of them in an article which yeah. we will include with this. But um, the first thing I did was that's a word that that we hear all the time edifying because it's throughout the Bible. That right. is what our speech is to be. So I looked up, well, what does that mean? Literally in, in the, in the dictionary. And, um, it was pretty interesting. Um, so I, I wrote it down it, this was from the Oxford dictionary. I think that is a well-respected dictionary. Sure. I don't really know. I don't think it's as great as Webster's dictionary, but yeah. it'll do. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> what came up on the internet was Oxford. All right. So, um, so edifying originates from Middle English, and um, it's from the Latin, and I won't say the word, it's too hard, I can't even figure out how to say it, but build, or to make, like an edifice, to build an edifice of a building. Yeah. And the word originally meant to construct a building. It also means to strengthen. And so the the meaning of those parts put together means to build up morally and how Oxford um, defined edifying was to instruct or improve someone morally or intellectually. So ed- to edify someone, we are literally building them up. We're um, 
and we're improving or instructing morally. Yeah. So, um, so that I think is a good beginning place. And of, of course, Oxford is not the Bible. Right. And, and so there, we would of course want to use our edifying speech as the Bible defines yeah. what that speech should be. And so, so that's, um, where I, I went through a whole bunch of different verses where the word edifying is used and, and wanted to be sure that we understood what the Bible says yeah. about how, how we should be, be speaking. So, um, the first one is Ephesians 4.29. Okay. Okay. And that says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. Remember, building up is means edifying. Yeah. As fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, that, that gives a, a bunch of clues if in in what our speech should be if 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 we if we break that that down yeah um yeah you know i want to pipe in real quick because as we talk about edifying uh, to me the word to edify uh, of course means to build up and i think that word mm -hmm. has been applied at least in the christian circles as we're to edify each other Right. We're to mm -hmm. build one another up as fellow believers. And that's certainly mm -hmm. true. Right. Mm -hmm. We need to build one another up. We need to edify one another. You know, it, it says I think it's in First Corinthians chapter 12. It may be First um, Corinthians chapter 14, where Paul's talking about the gifts of the spirit and the use of the gifts of the spirit mm -hmm. in the church should be to edify others, not just to edify yourself. Right. So there's certainly the context for that. Right. That we need to edify each other. And listen, we're on the sidewalk. Let's build each other up. Right. Let's let's edify one another. Let's speak words that are going to encourage each other. But this word edification or edify doesn't just speak to encouraging, but it also speaks to like bringing people up to mm -hmm. where they need to be morally, as you said in mm -hmm. that that um, definition, that sometimes edifying words can sting a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, if anyone was was an edifier, it was the Lord Jesus. Right. And yeah. his desire to edify the Pharisees, he, he confronts them, right? He confronts them in their departure from the truth and all of that. The goal is, though, not to tear down, but to edify. But, of course, we know sometimes in order to, to build up, there, there's got to be pride has got to be torn down. So if you edify somebody, sometimes what you're doing is tearing down their pride but in this scripture where it talks about in verse 29 of Ephesians chapter 4 that we want to impart grace or speak in such a way that imparts grace to the hearer that we don't want to just give information. But we want to speak in such a way that, yes, we might be tearing some things down, tearing down some lies to bring these women or these men up morally to where they need to be to edify them morally. Um, but we want to speak in such a way that, that there's grace in it, right? And that doesn't mm -hmm. just mean we're nice, but it means there's empowerment. The word grace speaks to not just um, kind of like we think of this, this idea of, of you know, we're, we're gracious or whatever, so we're nice. But that biblical word, the word charis, I believe is the, the Greek word there, speaks of empowerment. And so we can speak in such a way where there's an empowerment in the words. And the words could maybe perceived to be tearing down, but the goal is actually to edify, to build up and to empower these men and women to do the right thing, right? Morally yeah. to make good choices. 
Yeah. What I was thinking of when when I first read the definition um, where the word originally edify is to construct a building, I, I was thinking about that. What makes a building well-constructed and strong? And absolutely the first thing that must be there is a stable and firm foundation. Yeah. And so if we're going to edify, I think similarly, the foundation of our speech must be firm and stable and it therefore it must be biblical yeah it must be based on biblical truth and when you find the moms and dads at the abortion center um countering us they their truths are not biblical at all they're they're often very selfish self-motivated um and corrupted and um that ephesians 4 29 tells us that we're, we, on the other hand, are to not let corrupting talk come out of our mouth. We are yeah. not to have corrupt speech. And so I looked up corrupt because I thought, okay, what does that mean, to have corrupt speech? And um, the verb corrupt means to change or debase by making errors or unintentional alterations, probably intentional as well. So in other words, your speech is corrupt if you're not speaking truth, if yeah. you're altering the truth to suit the hearer, and um, and we can't do that. Yeah. And that's what they're asking us to do. They're yeah, asking yeah, us, absolutely. don't feel bad, be silent, um, and what you're speaking is um, is just to make yourself look good or whatever. When indeed we are speaking what the Bible not only commands us to speak, but what the Bible does. Yeah. Say yeah. Ab- about what's happening there. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where, you know, f- from our perspective, as those who want to speak the truth or those who are called to speak the truth, where we need to really examine the motive of our hearts. Because mm-hmm. there can be a sense in which, and, you know, I think we can all battle with this, where we can tear other people down in order to build ourselves up. So, you know, for example, we see these women going into the abortion centers and in our hearts and our minds, we can think how horrible they are and we would never be like them. When in reality, what we're doing is we're tearing them down. We're bringing them down to a lower level than ourselves to make ourselves feel good because maybe we have our own struggles and things like that. Mm-hmm. We've got to make sure that we're coming from a proper motive that we actually, yes, we're going to speak truth and yes, we're going to view things properly. These women that are going into the abortion 